Echo. 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 Peep, 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 peep. Please, please allow me. I know we've got some stuff to deal with. I want to go ahead and, and I'm going to take the lead on this uh, and give you a minute to, to calibrate. We've got a, this is an episode. Um, I'm John. Okay. Please, please, no, don't, don't stress yourself out. I don't want you straining yourself. I want you to take it easy for a minute. I know you got, we got a long road ahead of us here. It's going to be a long hour. So just allow me. Um, so I think last week, last week's episode, I would say arguably of the 500 plus episodes we've done, maybe the single greatest moment of triumph in, in Po'boy's history in which um, we were discussing the episode Cut and Run. Uh, and while we were recording, I realized it's called Cut and Run and the character's name was Cut. Um, and I realized that while we were recording. And that was huge for us, actually, to capture uh, a moment like that. I think it's like why people watch professional sports right it's like yeah football whatever but once in a while you just see this play that's it's never gonna happen again it's once in a lifetime and you saw it and that we captured that lightning in a bottle last week and it was a great triumph it was the single greatest triumph i think of podcasting uh we've been fielding off interviews from the av club and all kinds of people all week because it is uh going down as you know the greatest triumph in podcast history um you know and karma you know it's coming to come and go come and go and this week it is coming for us, and this is not going to be a whew, a triumphant week. This is going to be a, a horrible week. It's actually going to be the um, worst thing that's ever happened in podcast history. Is that we're 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 gearing up to to discuss here, uh, and so I, you know, this is a very um, horrible occasion. And eventually, I think maybe we'll talk about bad batch, um, but right now we're going to talk about bad life. Um, which is our life right now. Still there, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. And yes, last week's episode was very good. We a lot ended of to it, and our listenership definitely went up. And I definitely we went... didn't go whoa in the in the wrong way when I looked at the numbers. And this is Echo Boy as MP. This mm-hmm. is Josh. Um, I mean, a lot of people like the direction of record in a very wide room with mm-hmm. animals barking and moving around like sharks mm-hmm. people really mm-hmm. responded well to that and for those of you that love that we got two episodes coming out in probably september august and mm-hmm. you're gonna be excited yes and there i would say for people who enjoyed um the big and terrible acoustics and the near directionless discussion Boy, you really, you got something else coming. We really took it to the next level. And I'm excited for you to skip those episodes when they come out. And there are high highs. And last week's was one of them. Mm -hmm. And then there are low lows. And And we've had a lot of low lows on the podcast before. But this is really one of them. Yeah. Low lows I can think of are when we were in line for seven hours for Star Wars Rebels, and then we were there when they were like, hey, we're canceling this. Mm-hmm. And we were like, huh? But, this but we more, like that. 
this is more like if yes. if we had gotten in line for Star Wars Rebels panel and we waited for seven hours and then we got to the panel and at the panel it was just us in the room and then there was like a janitor sweeping up the stage and we were like we've been waiting for seven hours for the Star Wars Rebel panel and the janitor just was like Star Wars Rebels doesn't exist what are you talking about where, or where, what are you talking about or if you, you if we waited five seven hours and for the rebels panel and then we were told oh by the way you're in the streaming room which was an actual thing that people had to do at mm-hmm. celebration was um we're gonna make you wait for five ten hours and you don't even get to see the people you get to be in a room where you can stare at a screen where you can see the people. Yeah, like watching it on YouTube in your living room, but less comfortable. Less comfortable and like, you know, 100 feet, 200 feet away mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of people who are also cranky because they are in the streaming room. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, I mean, this is a low low. It is. And, and to really continue with this preamble, that will probably go for 55 minutes before we get to the point. We haven't really, um, we haven't really talked about this at all. We have, we both know what's going on. Um, we do. We did not discuss anything. Um, we did not. Not, not nothing, nothing. So, which is uh, a different. You know, we didn't have our normal mm-hmm. weekly, you know, Echo Boy meetings of planning each no. detail. Right. All activity. The, the, the second. We had to. Um, we had to take a few days. Po'boys LLC kind of, um, we had to hit the lights there for a little while. We sent everybody home. Um, we needed to kind of regroup and reevaluate um, what to do going forward, even though we also did that, but we also haven't talked about it at all. Um, Po'boys headquarters is famously two big giant buildings, one for me, one for Pete. And when this news broke, we shut down the buildings. I stayed in my building. Pete stayed in his building. And we're finally just now conference calling um, through two tin cans that are on each of the roofs of buildings and uh, talking about this. And one thing that we do, which isn't super practical, but we do it for the the fans, mm-hmm. is our buildings. They're, they're next to each other um, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of windows. Mm-hmm. So um, Josh started us off and he... On the third floor, used two, uh, sorry, four windows, and he put a dot for each one. Um, then he used, it looks like 13 windows, and he put a W on one and like nine O's, and then a W at the end for wow. And then I, in true po'boy fashion, I wrote, in order to provide the best fan experience possible, and after further consideration with our hotel and venue teams, we have made the decision to adjust the dates for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022 from August 18th to the 21st, 2022 to May 26th to the 29th, 2022. And I did oh, all wow. of that oh, on wow. Windows. So soon. I did, I did all of that on, on multiple Windows. It took me multiple hours to put all of that on the various windows at Poboy's LLC headquarters, mm-hmm. Pete building. Mm-hmm. And then the Josh, um, then he, he used another the line. Pete. They, of course, call my building the Josh Pit. Runs with Mosh Pit. <laughs> the Josh Pit. 
<laughs> just sounds awful. Um, but yes, speaking of awful, um, this news is for most of you is coming a week late. Um, mm -hmm. this came out, I want to say yesterday, this information, um, it was a few days back. Cause I, when we had our brief chat about this mm -hmm. information, I'd seen that email and it didn't, it, nothing even occurred to me about it. I was just like, oh, okay. So when you texted me uh, that you had also seen, I was like, oh, maybe I should have texted Pete. <laughs> but then I was like, actually, probably I shouldn't have. Probably the hour between when I saw it and when you saw it was something of a mercy. Yeah, so um, what 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 to start with? I mean, the, with? The, the most... I mean, we were just talking about this. We were just talking about we this a few weeks ago. You know, like now, right before Bad Batch, we had a lengthy discussion about, about so celebration. Let's, so, Poe heads, Echo heads, let's rewind. <clears throat> Josh and I have been to two celebrations. Mm -hmm. um, we went to Chicago in 2019, which was sometime in April. Um, yeah. And then... Because they were both around right. Easter weekend, I think. Yeah, that sounds the about Orlando right. Orlando one as well. Yeah. And then we went to Orlando in 2018. We were set, slated to go to Anaheim in 2020, and then got canceled. And then yeah, we've been making we've been making numerous jokes that yeah. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And they were Although, such funny jokes is a thing. And everyone was constantly telling us, "Keep making these jokes. Keep saying stuff like Star Celebration 2032. Keep doing yeah. that. It's good. It's really and good." Josh and I have been fortunate enough. Um, that for the three years that we've been um, going to this event, including the Anaheim one, um, a lot of people have difficulty getting tickets. Um, and we yeah. just somehow, <laughs> like Josh would be like, did you get your ticket? And I'm like, oops. And then I get my ticket and it's still available. Yeah, thankfully. Um, I totally forgot about that. This time around, there was a minute there where it was like, I'm not going to be able to get tickets when they go on sale. So mm -hmm. I had my ticket and you didn't have yours yet and i'm sitting here thinking oh my god i gotta take a go to freaking california by myself like an idiot probably throw myself out of a window if that had to happen to me oh but then fortunately you got a ticket and everything was okay mm -hmm. um mine the, the tallest window in the josh pit and hurl myself out of it um wow i really should hey, report unfortunately we don't have an <laughs> hr department because we're all contract workers but but if you want to give us your fan art for the the Poe Boys headquarters, you know, Pete Sweet and the Josh Pit at Poe Boys um, podcast at, at Twitter and Gmail. Please do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that none of it will be hurtful. So with that being the case, oh, um, you could, like, send, like one little like little building and another like big cool building. Um, I gotta. I mean, I have I have some kind of ideas for mm -hmm. sure of what those buildings would look I like. like. One building has just got two big windows. Looks like glasses. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, you don't have to out me for having wearing glasses. I'm just trying but, to think of what you mean. Um, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. We're not. Oh. So they changed the date um, mm -hmm. from August 1821, which I. I don't even think it was Memorial Day, um, Labor Day weekend. No, not that early in August. No, I don't think so. So it was just a weird time in August to Memorial Day weekend in 2022 next year. Right. 
Sounds great. It's almost it's, it's barely a year away. Barely a year away. We are historically terrible planners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was to our that was to our benefit. Like we had not gone flights. We had not gone in hotels mm-hmm. um, for Anaheim for the pandemic. Although we were, you know, relatively cynical about the pandemic. So we were like, this is definitely not happening. So I don't know why. And we, it, I mean, you, can go, you can go about, back. About being able to have an event in the pandemic, mind you. Not cynical yes. about the existence of a pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of COVID. Um, I could even say I'm anti-COVID. Well, I'm, I would feel comfortable with that. Okay. So... With that being the case, um, we had not talked about it. You know, who knows where people's lives are going to be in 2022. It's not like we had talked about, like, oh, Josh, are you going? I mean, we both have tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a teacher, so um, my schedule is free um, due to, you know, summer vacations. But that's not, that hasn't stopped me before. These two celebrations were during the school year. Right. Um, the big thing is that I, on Memorial Day weekend, typically have a commitment that is going to need to pick the pod or glory. And uh, we talk about for a good bit. Glory? Pod is glory. Pod is life. Right. Um, but it's going to make me a huge hypocrite. Um, fortunately, my students don't listen to the pod anymore, so they have no idea um, what we're talking about. Ooh, but and also, you're okay. Let's just out with it, right? Let's just out with it. Is you have a you you have a thing that you? My understanding was you have like a a, a firm commitment that that weekend, and you are out, and you cannot go. Oh no, no no no! I I can. Oh, what's that? Why are we even talking about this thing? Who cares? Well, so it's an it's in in I I I coach debate, and there's national championships, and every Memorial Day weekend there's this one national championship, um, and one. It's that'd be hilarious if it was Anaheim. Um, I think the closest it gets to California is Sacramento, um, but. Those things are nowhere near. Um, those things aren't anywhere near um, its distance. So I think theoretically I'm supposed to be in DC Memorial Day weekend in 2022. Mm. Um, that being said, um, I'm sure I can find somebody to fill in for me. It's just like, I, I mean, this this particular year, and I'm really glad none of my students listen to this podcast. Um, I was I was supposed to win a national championship this year, and then my best team just dropped out, mm-hmm. which has left me heated and very like principled. Like you, when when it's on the line, you need to go to it. Blah 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 blah. Like I can't believe we're not going to win this national championship because my team was like the the number one ranked team going in this tournament. Um, not to, not to brag or anything. So I've just been very heated about losing a national championship. Um, as many people who are nationally competitive at whatever event that you're in into would be um and then this news happens and i'm like huh am i about to be just a walking hypocrite because like Hmm. my my team could easily be you know at that level next year if not better and there's just po boy pete um echo boy pete over here being like well 
I do want to, you know, mm-hmm. watch be at this panel for the Mandalorian season three, and then the Book of Boba is coming out. So I want to. It will, it will be out by then. Um, Book of Boba. Maybe we'll get, you know, first look at Andor. Certainly Obi Wan. You know. Mm-hmm. And don't I deserve this? Mm-hmm. I think I deserve this, mm-hmm. but. That those are my initial thoughts. I'm like, wow, I'm really dropping out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still up in the air. Um, you have until it's not, June 11th, I believe. Yeah, have until June. Have until June 11th. Um, for some people, they're gonna really like this. Um, I almost wrote that celebrations anti-teacher on our on our account. Yeah, um, which just seemed like a little a little much. Um, because the last two celebrations have been during the school year. So um, maybe they've always been anti-teacher or um, this is just a weird time. I don't know. Um, But it is not, it's not a, I don't know. It's up in the air. It's, it's, it's up in the air um, for sure. Yeah. Like say for the, say for this year, I probably would have been willing to go to Anaheim on Memorial day weekend. Um, but maybe next year it'll be it'll be a tougher situation, um, for sure. Hmm. So Josh, well, the you good th- thing that there's nobody else you have to think about in this equation. Well, Josh, so you you <laughs> the last two days have been under the assumption that I can't go. So right. how's that? How's that been in your head? Of like, oh man, like have you been talking yourself up of like I wish I could go to celebration, or have you like gone through the stages of grief at what? Oh, for having this uh this pl- this previous I, engagement i mean we joke about um well as i already said oh star celebration 2038 or whatever but you know for when he first announced it was like august 2022 it was still we were still like in 2020 right like it was summer 2020 it was like more it felt than so far away right and so truly when that announcement came around in the back of my head i was like I mean, I don't know. Like, I have a freaking kid by then. I don't know what's going to be going on then. <laughs> In the back of my head, right? Or, like, I don't know. I have, like, a pregnant wife or something. I'm just thinking, about. who knows? It's two years. Like, I don't know. It's a while down the line. So I was thinking, you know, very big picture. And I'm also thinking, like, I don't know. Flight to California. Got to find a place to stay. It's always fun, but it's always expensive and, you know, a bit of a pain. And then you bring this into my lap. And then now, really, I'm just thinking about my reputation as a cool guy, because like before <laughs> the pandemic, like I'm on the reg driving, you know, two and a half, three hours. Mr. Travel. Yeah. To, to go to like a heavy metal concert, go into the mosh pit, that's Josh pit. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm five cities up the interstate on Wednesday night in the pit, baby. And I'm getting home at 2.30, and I'm waking up at 5.30, and I'm going to work. And I'm so cool. And everybody thinks I'm so cool. And this is like, I, I, I come correct. And they'll be like, oh, Josh, is that is that mud on your shirt? Where'd yeah. you get that mud? And, and they'll be like, oh, whoa. Where did you get that skeleton witch shirt? Very neat. Were you at that thing that they wrote on the back? Oh, wow. Oh, what is a mastodon? Is that in Jurassic Park? (laughs) How many mastodons were there? I I legit was going to a mastodon concert in Philadelphia. I told somebody at work. I was like, oh, I'm going to see mastodon in Philly. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, it's this like touring exhibit they have 
where they bring a Mastodon skeleton into a hall, <laughs> like a dance hall. And then it's just like strobes and smoke and rave around this giant Mastodon skeleton. Um, and they bought it. So that was cool. Um, but so I, I, you know, I try, I guess I'm clinging on to this image I have of myself of being like adventurous and doing, you know, I go to lots of concerts alone and go, I hit the, you know, I drive around all kinds of places alone. I'll go to a movie alone. I don't care. Um, but you know, I've had a year off from all that. I can't go to concerts. I'm out of practice and you know, we're gearing up for that sort of thing to be coming around again. I bought my first concert tickets in a very long time for a show in August. I'm, you know, I'm fully vaccinated by the time this drops my two weeks are up and I'm good to go presumably uh, by the two so, by the time it's 2022 as well right um so you know on the one hand it is such a hassle even going together is a hassle so the prospect of going by myself on the one hand i can do whatever i want <laughs> you know but on the other hand it's like i don't know is it worth it now on the other other hand i'm like well, you've got a reputation to uphold, Josh Pitt. You know, what are you doing? So I'm of many emotions. And then part of me is like, oh, I don't know. Let's just see if Pete will sell his ticket to my girlfriend. and I can convince her to go. I don't know. I can convince her to go. I don't know. She would, she would like it. She would not go. She would like it for a day. Yeah, she would. Maybe. Well, that, that's also the tough part, too, though, is like, you know, the, when we went to Chicago, it was freezing. Mm-hmm. and we were in like a tent just hanging out the first day would be the first day would be fine there's nothing on the first day in terms of events right but kind of being on the floor you see everybody in their cosplay which is kind of fun to see like i hate twi'leks but you know it's it's <laughs> a very imp- it's a very impressive cosplay to be able mm-hmm. to kids are falling out or anything mm-hmm. um props to the cosplayers with lake who's i i Twi'leks are terrible, but I, you can appreciate the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being the case, I don't know. I mean, she would uh, she would not she would not last four days. No, absolutely not. No. Um, but you know, I'm also at, like they were going to do um, a uh, Galaxy's Edge night. Ugh. Um, I don't know. Well, her family's like big in the Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that would be something. Um, but Wrong that's. Disney, East Coast Disney. <laughs> oh my God, is there a different? I, you know what? I'm sure I don't know, and I don't care. Um, yeah. Well, I also don't know. I mean, we were talking about if the tickets are re- so they're obviously refundable, but are they transferable? Yeah, that um, could be something to find out, I suppose. Because at one point there was some people that were like, "I can't go. My flight got canceled." Blah blah blah. But nothing. They weren't able to actually get those tickets. Um, I that's just a story I remember from a little bit ago. I just feel so bad. I mean, I always think For about. Yourself. No, um, <laughs> I'm very privileged, so I can't begin to talk about that. Um, I always feel when I whenever I think about celebration, I think of that um, that Australian or French no the French dad who flew in was there for one day and tried to do the phantom menace panel and then didn't get the lottery ticket to go to phantom menace. Is that the story? Like they were in, the, they were only able to do one day at celebration because that was all they could get in terms of a ticket. And the one thing they wanted to do, they couldn't even get into because of the, the lottery. 
Um, but you know what? Um, Nothing about TBD. whether you um, can transfer tickets. Yeah, TBD on celebration. Yes, no. Um, I guess that's a little bit of intrigue on the pod um, of you know who is and isn't going. Um, okay. I'm also not trying to be you know offensive to our fans out there. If you like, were one of those people that didn't get a ticket. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly aware of like the privilege it is to have got a four day pass. Um, cause you know, there's a lot of people that have to buy the individual day passes, which is an extra like $200 just to get the same experience. So I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just, um, it, they moved it, they moved celebration to an extremely inconvenient time for me professionally. Lame. <laughs> and I might have a kid and be married. So um, there's also that too. Extremely inconvenient time for me professionally. Oh gosh, I can hear our listeners running away. <laughs> well, last week they would have cut and run away yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. pod. Well, judging um, by our metrics, I think they already. This <laughs> week there's always a replacement fan. So listen, fans, you are replaceable. And actually, Josh, that's that's how I thought you were going to start with this as a transition. Like, well, like you're replaceable. Yeah, like well, I you thought know, I about alternatives, like um, get, getting giving your ticket to Connor <gasps> or Cody. <laughs> Cody would be hilarious. <laughs> Cody would. <laughs> Cody. Cody would walk up to like a Hera um, cosplay and be like, "Who are you?" <laughs> It would straight up be like, who are you? This is a great costume. I like this costume a lot. <laughs> it would just be like over and over and over again. Like, what are you supposed to be? I don't know anything about Star Wars. I don't know anything about Star Wars. Uh, Cody, what a chump. Um, what a huge chump. Okay. <laughs> so with that... Um, Wow. I mean, we, we talked about it for a good bit. I don't know if you have any other takes on it. There's not been any no, other start information for me already. Cause I thought you were out. I thought you were out. And that's, that's the beauty of live podcasting mm-hmm. um, is you can just kind of get people's real reactions in real time. Right. Always podcast at gmail.com. Like, this felt like a sweep tweak kind of a deal, like a mid season finale type of thing. Really leave people like, Oh my gosh. And so to my mind, like you being unable to go, this is very dramatic in my reaction to this news and how I would cope with it and what it would do to me personally in my life and my professional life and my personal life. It was all very dramatic and exciting. You deciding whether or not to go is very boring. Um, and you know, not not as enthralling, I think. So it was a real missed you, opportunity. You're making me feel like the most wanted, swole podcaster in the whole Star Wars podcasting verse, Josh. So this week, uh, we're going to, in true fashion, be talking about Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 3, titled The Replacement. And now I know when we talk about Bad Batch, some listeners might be confused based on the, the episode description for this week, because of course in the episode description, uh, our, our ragtag team is described simply as the batch. Oh yeah. The batch crashes 
on a desolate moon. And so I know if you're sitting here going, Bad Batch, what are we talking about Bad Batch? We're talking about The Batch, actually. Just so you know. When we're talking talking when about we're, The Batch! When we say Bad Batch, we mean The Batch. We mean The Batch. Oh, what's that over there? Oh, it's The Batch. Those Batch boys. Batch. I'm the actually... Batch. I am jealous about Three whatever... Letters. Um, burgeoning Star Wars podcast that's calling themselves the Batch Boys. Um, I think that'll be pretty good. Although it'll probably get confused yeah, with um, like a like a baking podcast, like a batch of cookies, um, or like a Bachelor podcast. Because our our um, equivalent for po for po boys, um, a lot of people thought sandwich, which you know our logo is literally a X wing po boy. Um, yep, and then there's designed by me. And there's another podcast that we won't really get into. It's not safe for work. Um, it's like a comedy podcast. I don't really. Oh. I've I've never listened to them, so <laughs> I can't talk about the, I can't talk about the quality of it. Not in a feud with them or anything. Yeah. So the batch. Um, so with that, yeah, batch. Um, I've got a brief description. Um. Official description, the Batch gets stuck on a desolate moon. The Batch. Which is apt. It is um, a little misleading because it's not a desolate moon. Um, I, well, I guess what's I'm the definition sure. of desolate? I'm pretty sure it's a desolate moon. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's the G-Dragon. A desolate of a place deserted people in a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. Um, I mean, you would make you would a place completely depressingly empty or bare. Desert has stuff in it. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I take back what I was gonna say. Um, so we got basically like a sixty forty split between the batch on the batch. on this desolate moon, and then crosshairs. The um. And the <laughs> the desolation to Smoog, um, and Crosshairs getting new friends and really not liking them. He gets some new friends, and he's not a he's not a huge fan. No, no. It, we also get. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna, going into this even just just based off the description. I certainly had I I had expectations for this episode immediately based on the description because it sounded a lot like and i can't think of the name of the episode but it's a season two episode of rebels where zeb and agent callus get trapped on a moon together now obviously you know the the cast and the dynamics within the characters are not such that that exact scenario um would arise but that's one of my i think that's a great episode of rebels and i think it would be one of my top recommendations in fact i think we did an episode of like if you're just looking to get into star wars animation and want something standalone that episode I think is great. So I, I already had high hopes coming in, but it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, Oh, it rhymes. Oh, it, it rhymes. George says everything rhymes or whatever. So it was like, this is going to be another version of something we've seen before. Maybe. Right. Um, but in, in, in the end, it ended up being, you know, very different than that. And it also ended up being a pretty cool alien homage, several um, really nice, homages to alien and i just got done reading jw rinsler's book the making of alien this is the guy that wrote the making of the original star wars trilogy books which i think are some of the best behind the scenes movie content i've ever consumed and he wrote a book about alien and aliens as well but 
some very cool alien alien homages in here that I appreciated. And then Crosshair. I actually the voice. I think that they did a really good job of introducing Crosshair and going to Camino, even though the two stories didn't interact at all. There's you know no reason yeah. to have the Crosshair part. Um, I guess, I guess it, yeah, it, it's interesting because now I'm trying to think like if right on paper, if you describe to me like, oh, the batch crashes on a moon and crosshairs gets new friends. And it's like those are those don't seem to go together, really. But I think a visually, one of the things I like so much about Camino is for as sparse as it is, because it's just, you know, ocean and clouds and stuff, it's very dynamic. And so it can be like in the Clone Wars in season three, it gets attacked and it's a beautiful bright sunny day but then on this episode it's like dark and stormy so visually the even on onderon as well when they go there it's all dark this is an incredibly dark literally dark visually dark episode but it's also like you have omega ingratiating herself to a new squadron and then like inversely you have a new squadron not necessarily trying to ingratiate themselves to crosshairs but they are really, you know, it is a group living up to the standard of the one versus one living up to the standard of a group. And so they did, I think, fit together really nicely. Oh, yeah, I I, I agree. I think that the, the tougher sell would be Omega, um, but they also had more nuances to Omega's character that they had introduced. So mm -hmm. a lot of her character is based on the batch i can't believe we're giving, i'm gonna keep saying this the <laughs> batch and their progression with it so you know this episode is all about the living space and the the um hunter which also ties back to a rebels episode i think there was like an episode where ezra was trying to figure out where he was gonna live or something right is that thing they had to, they had to deal with space and the ghost as well i remember but yeah um it wasn't as big of a deal on rebels if i remember correctly right. it was I just kind of like a, a contentious deal mm -hmm. yeah because he, i think ezra mm -hmm. well, I was, cause there's, that, that makes me think that there there's several things this show keeps doing where it really seems to be setting up some sort of really hackneyed trope that we've all seen a dozen times before and then it doesn't like you know we talked about last week in cut and run very clearly being a sort of one-for-one -one setup with that Nexu of like, oh, this is where you find out she has force powers or something like that. But it that doesn't happen. She gets, you know, she gets attacked by a big cat and she has to be saved. They did a similar sort of thing in this episode where they kind of set up like, oh, maybe um she'll get you know force powers when she's being attacked by this weird dragon. But they also do other things like her taking up additional space in the ship is not a contentious thing. Right. And she doesn't there's no conflict necessarily there. Like she's not complaining. I don't have my own space. They're not complaining. You're always in my way, which is kind of the traditional setup of something like this. But even still, without that conflict, with the end in the end moment there, when she does get her own space, it's still very heartwarming. It feels nice, even though there was no like conflict to whip you back and forth to juxtapose it against. It still felt very warm. And also in relating that to the last episode with Amiga, where they did the parallels to Ray on Takodana and then 
Amiga's like, dirt. Oh, look at me, dirt. It also makes you think this is what Ray would be talking about if Ray, if there was a scene where Ray was like given her bunk on the Millennium Falcon, which presumably she was given like a living space mm-hmm. at some point. Maybe she'd take over Han's quarters. Um, you know, we never actually see any of that stuff, but it is kind of a extension of, you know, what Amiga is going through as a person that's experiencing all of these different things for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can really divide up the episode into two parts: Moon Moon Boys, and then um, Sad Batch. Um, why don't we talk Moon Boys and Ninja? Why don't we talk Moon Boys first, since we're already kind of on that, mm-hmm. and talk the Omega side of things? Because I think it's also doing a very bad job. Of the story. I'm doing a very bad job of predicting things in this show, because mm-hmm. um, when Wrecker um, hits his head, oh, yeah. Yep. That was I was other, I knew there were other examples of stuff that I was like they're setting stuff up and they 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 subvert your expectation and that was definitely one of them. Yeah. And he's like rubbing his head he's like oh I don't know my head hurts in the back of my head I'm like oh my gosh the inhibitor chip. <laughs> yeah, Wrecker versus the rest of them and then nope. Omega has to jump in. He just and... hit his head. They literally showed yeah. you when he hits his head. They show you that. And then you're like oh inhibitor chip and they're like we talking about Shut up. We already you saw him hit his head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so we get some parallels to um Empire Strikes Back when um oh, Han and crew are in the worm monster and then the Minox, except with this one it's a, a specific type of dragon that right. Tech talks about. I don't have the name um, yeah. off the top of my head. And it's, um, it's definitely, yeah, I agree with the Minox and the space slug and stuff. It definitely ties into that. But the the exterior of this planet and them uh, deplaning or whatever you want to call it, very much akin to the ship landing on LV-426 and Alien and the like particle effects and the intense storm with all the like blackness and dust going everywhere. Uh, very. Oh, much, really? Okay. Very much a pull from from alien and in, in a cool way because it's not like an obvious pull you know it's not one of the top references you'd think of from alien because there's also a really cool aliens reference in an episode of clone wars uh where i don't know spoilers spoilers, spoilers but where death watch when death watch finds darth maul and savage and they cut into their their ship it's it's um lit and staged very similarly to when Ripley is found in the beginning of Aliens. And it's a similar sort of reference because it's not necessarily a plot reference. It's more a lighting and an aesthetic reference. But it's very cool. But then, of course, this is one thing I really have grown very fond of the um, Rebels and Clone Wars animation style. And I think it is it can start off as an acquired taste, I think, especially coming from no Star Wars animation to stars animation like seeing how yoda and stuff looked in clone wars initially i was a little unsure of it i obviously am i'm in love with this aesthetic now and i was thrilled to see it return for bad batch but i will say something that resistance and that animation style i think was really able to nail that to my mind none of the other animated shows have ever been able to do is like an intimidating monster and I think it's just because there's 
there's a like a lack of and I know thinking about Count Dooku's face, you're bound to disagree with me, but there's a lack of like angularity and like harsh angles to the creatures they make. Like it's the same with the fear knocks in rebels. I think uh, they're just not, they're not as like sharp and severe as I want them to be, to be like intimidating. And to be fair, this creature is very darkly lit and you don't see them that well. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, it's very cool that they're doing this whole alien vibe. But, like, I know whatever creature they're going to get is not going to be like, whoa, so neat. And, I mean, it didn't look dumb or anything. But I think Resistance really knocked it out of the park with their monsters. And, yeah, I just I, I, I didn't find it as compelling uh, as, I don't know, like, um, what's his name? Squid Monster or whatever. Well, the other interesting note about that too is they so 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 far we've seen the Nexu. Nexu. Oh, the and Nexu then we actually saw, did look good. Yeah, I actually weird. disagree. I mean the Nexu really? looked fine, but when you watch episode two, it's just this like very large monster. You're like, this thing could I don't know how Padme's gonna get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's something that was very legit, like a, a legitimate threat. That mm-hmm. and the one that Obi, the spider monster that Obi Wan's fighting, man, that's my favorite. The, the Acklay. Um, those are like very like oh, you know, there is a reason that these things are in the wild and people don't live there. Yeah. Um, and they kind of just disregarded it in that episode too. Like, but the look of it though, um, it was fine. I thought it. it yeah. I thought it looked like in a good way, kind of like raggedy. Like it looked to me, it had like an edge to it. Like it was like a cat. You see, sometimes you see a stray cat and you're like, Oh, straight cat. Maybe I'll try and pet. And then other times you see your straight cat and you're like, Oh, that cat's seen some stuff. And I definitely I've never wanted to pet a stray cat. Well, that's cause you're afraid of everything. Uh, live your life, Pete. I don't know. I thought the next, I thought the next you did look solid, but again, next you's not, original to that aesthetic right that's an adaptation uh so yeah i just you know like the uh in rebels the the big blue whale purgle right the purgle that tracks in that aesthetic that that adapts well i mean it originates from this aesthetic but like they're more round and big but like sharp teeth sharp teeth i think is the thing right Something about sharp teeth and claws and spikes never looks as severe as I feel like it should in in these shows. And that continued with this creature. Though I think we also end up learning that it's not, I mean, it's not really a predator, right? Like it's not, no. I mean, it, though, so what does it do to Hunter? Did it stab him in the neck? No. It, it... Grabbing his neck and then he passed out. I think he was grabbing his neck just because he couldn't breathe. Mm. Um, which I I don't know. That's yeah. a weird. That's a it's weird a take episode. for him. Hard to tell. Yeah. So I mean, Amiga definitely had the better vantage point to be like, oh, that's where that is. And um, I'm sure. Sh- I mean, it it all made sense about why Hunter was knocked out temporarily. Um, I thought Hunter's whole power was that Hunter knows where all the energy is on a planet so it's what? very well isn't that hunter has like a heightened sense so like hunter yeah. can like sense energy tracking senses like tracking 
but yeah, I mean, I guess that that is sense. That, that, yeah, okay. So okay. I thought I thought that it was a little weird um, that it took that lot that long for Hunter to get there, but um, that's just like I guess them rewriting my perceptions of Hunter based on the Bad Batch arc in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, um, to your point, I was I was gonna say that maybe the lack of teeth and the lack of um it being as menacing is because you know this is a disney show it's not going to be as dark but if we go to um crosshairs and his slaughtering part that's true they might have a certain quota beyond which they cannot instill any further fear in a given episode yeah because it i mean it is definitely very dark yeah um yeah and i mean to be fair that's always been i mean arguably one of the darker moments in all of star wars is in that first movie when his aunt and uncle are burned alive right i mean there's always been that 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 little bit of darkness and potential existential horror even though these are supposed to be stories for children but yeah that was a lot that was a lot <laughs> well i was i was thinking about this too so when they introduced uh, um you know, big part of this show is going to be us seeing how the clones are made obsolete. I think that's like one mm-hmm. of the main goals of this show is it's going to explain why clones were no longer used. And buddy, there better be some more explaining because let me oh, tell for you, sure, for sure, this there episode is. Seems to imply that Tarkin's logic was when I sent four, five clones. When I sent five clones to do this job they didn't do it but then when i sent one clone i don't he he's i don't know that he was so tricked into thinking oh the the very i don't know it didn't it didn't fly that tarkin was dumb enough to be like oh it's not that i am literally brainwashing a clone to do everything i say since the last time i sent him to do this that has nothing to do with it. It's that there's four regular people. That was the deciding factor. Not um, the brainwashed super soldier that I have. And the yeah, idea I, that that alone might be like, oh, okay, no more clones. No more clones. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure there will be more story to follow. But in the back of my head, I'm kind of like, right, but you guys don't think that that's enough, right? You know that that's not enough to go off of, right? They also, for you know, for a on a practical level, they have to remove Tarkin from this conversation. So they bring um, Admiral Clown, Admiral Clowntown, who is going to be the person that's going to be continue to be clowned up until the point. Oh yeah, he's where he's the, definitely the dean of this college. Yeah, <laughs> clones! Look at the mess you made, Clone House. Um, Beta ninety nine um so like that was part of it is to introduce this character that's going to be absolutely a clown i can't wait um i can't wait he's got a I, very clownable face when it said replacements i actually thought that they were going to put the replacements versus bad batch and just watch bad batch just mow all these people down when you have to you have to think that that's an inevitable thing that's coming up though is i mean crosshairs and his new squad with um with the bad batch with the batch sorry i'm so sorry with the batch 
But yeah, so yeah, I mean, they go, they get these new recruits. They're just regular folk. The idea being that you can you can genetically manipulate people to be good soldiers, but that manipulative, like manipulating someone to be loyal to you, is never going to be as strong as someone who's actually loyal to you. It's just so it's dumb. Sort of, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a dictator, so I couldn't tell you. But... Well, it's also really it's really tough to show in this where the real explanation is some empire administrator is going to be like, here is the price for a clone. All right. We have to pay for a clone from age zero to five until they turn into a full adult. And then we get them for this many years and it costs this much money. Whereas if we steal somebody from their family and feed them, (laughs) they'll they'll really like that. So from a cost price average, it makes more sense this way. I mean, they're not going to do that. So, they got to yeah, find some ways to write it out. Right. And so they bring in these four super guys who I guess are among the four first stormtroopers. Well, one of them's a woman. Army. Two of them are women, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, these four stormtroop types, stormtroop people. Um, I was surprised that they didn't run them through the simulation. I was pleased that they didn't do it. I am um, right there with you. That was exactly my logic was, oh they're going to make them do the simulation. Oh, they're not. Oh, thank God. I don't care mm-hmm. for that room. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't do... I mean, they quickly ran through the Onderon scene, so I didn't see, like, was Crosshair's the one that took out all of them, or did they take out certain ones? I yeah. don't really remember. Um, yeah, but and I, but then, you know, right before they're going to land, right, one of these hotheads, one of these new guys is like, I don't even know why we're listening to this clone. This guy's a jabroni, blah, blah, blah. And part of me was like, this crosshair is going to shoot him in the head right now. But obviously, I was like, it's a kid show. He's not going to do that. But that's the guy, man. And he ends up being like, no, we're not. They cast him as like an antagonist, you know, and obviously he's an antagonist to an antagonist, but. He ends up being the guy who's like, I'm not going to slaughter these people. That's crazy. And then mm-hmm. Crosshairs murders him and then makes everybody else murder the, you know, civilians who are trying to get off of the planet. Crazy. Which Star Wars has a history of showing you on screen terrible human beings mm-hmm. and then making you want to root for them near the end, right? Yeah, like, Anakin Anakin is an irredeemable character. Yeah, um, Anakin, Kylo. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. let's talk. No, but yeah, yeah, that that's true. And, I mean, for, for Crosshairs, you know, Omega is making a very articulate academic point of he really probably has no say in this. It's, I mean, it's he's a winter soldier, you know? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll People see. seem to that really like Smash and Stan. Huh? People seem to really like the winter soldier. Oh, yeah, he's a freaking hunk. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Anthony Mackie could bench press him with one arm, but you know, <laughs> it's great. Um, I also just thought it the music was super intense and their armor was intense and as much of a like crosshairs I'm sorry crosshairs looks like such a dork crosshairs looks like he could be Tech's younger brother they both look like dorks his haircut is stupid his little cross eye thing it just looks like some nerd 
drew the ACDC logo on his scrawny little bicep to look cool. And his little toothpick. So lame. You look like a dork. I'm a clown you to death. But, boy, that armor of his. So, I mean, them kind of descending on that, that camp, it was frightening. They looked intimidating. Yeah, it was very... It was dark. I mean, it was very yeah. dark. Like, they jump into that hopper, and you think, like, oh, they're going to make it out. And then he shoots the guy in the chest um, to, like, ground the ship. So... It's, and the it's, ship was also that's like uh, Republic surplus. That's a ship that they introduced towards the end of the Clone Wars show. It's like this gunship that they use for like police actions on Coruscant and when Ahsoka's running right, away. Yeah, right, right. It's a great ship. It's a really cool ship. So I was it was cool seeing that show up again. Uh, no saw, but we get you know some of his underling partisans. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was. It was intense. I, I, again, Crosshair's on paper is such a dork, but he's become a really compelling part of the show. And I also, I mean, I, I really like the whole batch and Omega. And I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. There's no character right now that I'm like, oh, not this again. Like if next week you're like, oh, this episode is focused on blah. There's really not a fill in the blank there that I would be like, ugh. Here's something I will say. Tech, and text is, my favorite. Text my favorite by far. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love text so much. Well, here's what I was going to say. And I have a great <laughs> idea for a filler episode down the line. Um, when I'm not going to say it here. I don't know why. But there does seem to be this thing where like there may be like tech and echo overlap a little bit such that they are constantly next to each other. And I'm wondering if that's not because they are essentially just the same person and are eventually going to morph into one clone named like Teco, and they're just going to try and play it off like nothing ever happened. And it was always one guy doing both those things because I don't their their specialties, I guess, seem to overlap the most. But I guess tech is because tech is tech, right? Like technology. But like Echo's whole thing is like technology. But Tech is also like a nerd, and Echo is also like a cyborg type. So like, there's some difference, but they are kind of they are kind of encroaching on each other's territory a little bit there. And mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see them uh, more more distinguished from one another. I enjoy their interactions. Mm-hmm. I thought their interactions were great, and it's just been multiple times where. I mean, tech has bad communication skills, and there's multiple mm-hmm. times where it's like, tech's like, yeah, I, I mean, I knew it. Nope. That Amiga was a, you know, enhanced clone. Um, yeah, I talked to the ship, and the ship seems fine. So, yeah, I mean, the life support's okay, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the comedy yeah. in this show continues to be, continues to be solid. There's no, like, I'm not, like, groaning. Nobody's making, like, a dumb pun or anything. Really good, capable writing for sure. Which sounds condescending on my part. Who am I to say that writing is capable? But this, it, the, you know, the writing seems strong. It's strong. I enjoy it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, here, perfect example again. And I knew these things would keep coming to me. I keep pointing out like they set up certain tropes to happen and then they breeze by them or they, they avoid them. And I think the one I was most grateful for this week that I really want to applaud the show for is they set up like, oh no, Echo, you're the kid. You have to stay behind. 
And so that automatically, like, okay, great. So that's like what five minutes of this show is Echo stays behind, and, or not Echo? Sorry, Omega. Amiga. Amiga. Uh, you're the kid. You gotta stay behind, and then she's like, oh, I don't want to stay behind. They go without her. She sneaks off. Hijinks ensue. Oh, I told you not to go. Oh, but I want to go. You know, blah 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 blah. They totally circumvent that entirely. She wants to go. They say no. She's like, look, I'm supposed to be a part of this group, and they're like. Yeah, okay. And part of me was like, whoa, that was quick. Like, she, <laughs> really, irresponsible. she really didn't argue much. But another part of me is like, this is a narrative inevitability. We know this is going to happen time and time again. We're forced to sit through these, like, lame tropes of, like, okay, so now I have to get a scene with Omega alone on the ship. I'm like, oh, I wish I, I'm like, nobody, I don't have time for that. I'm sick of that. I've seen that a thousand times. And that they're willing to be like, yeah, no, this isn't that kind of group of guys. Like, part of the, maybe, narratively speaking, one of the pros of these guys being such inept adults and, like, totally not prepared to take care of a child is that they are so easily being like, okay, yeah, come on. And I, just, I thought that was a really compelling decision, and I appreciated their saving my time and not clowning me by making me watch the same crap I've seen so many times. They also just so don't have... Stories. They also just don't have the natural inclinations that a like a, a what you'd think a parental unit would have, right? Where it's like, you know, Wrecker is saying something to Amiga that's negative, and Hunter's like, she is sleeping on a gonk droid, so back off. And it's like, she's a child; she should be taking one of your beds by now. Like you should. Oh, have yeah. No, he didn't say something negative. He was willing to eat her food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just like a normal a normal interaction would be like, all right, until we figure out something out, you know, you can take Echo's bed, you can take Hunter's bed. But it's like, no, um, she's a, she's next to the gonk droid. Um, that seems cool. I feel a little bad, but yes. I like my bed. Yeah. Now, how do you feel that Amiga's power or her special thing is just she has the most DNA of Django Fett, which is why they want her back? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So we, you took them to mean we only need one to mean one specifically, Omega. Um, I mean, it could be, you know, any other member of the batch, but I think that that's her. I <laughs> I think that's her power. She doesn't have any enhancements. She doesn't have the force. It's just she contains the most DNA of Django, and yeah, that's, that's another actually... write-out of they don't have enough of Django Fett anymore. Right, like the original DNA is deteriorating and stuff. That was, yeah, that was an interesting conversation because they were like, oh, we only need one. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, dummies, you have one. Crosshairs. He's like right over there. What are you talking about? They didn't say we only need one more. They're like, well, we only need one. But then mm -hmm. you bring up Omega, maybe what they meant was we only need like the one, like there's one specific one we need. I don't know. It confused me. I, I do though. really appreciate the kind of Kamino and subplot of Lama or whoever. And them being, you know, the, the commodification of war a hundred percent seems like the sort of subject matter George Lucas would be tackling or the sort of thing that he would want to try to cram into an otherwise child story that would make fans be like, oh, God, galactic politics. But, I mean, that seems like the sort of thing that, you know, he would be discussing or that would interest him. And, yeah, this idea that, like, 
these clones are a monetary good and keeping them in circulation we we have like an economic interest in that like yeah yeah that's boring but it's also like sinister and upsetting and it has ties to the real world that we live in um so i'll be well, very it's, curious it's, where it's that like goes. the kaminoans do not care whatsoever about the galaxy they don't care no. about the jedi being wiped out they literally are just like for our survival we need to make our stamp in the empire yeah and this is all up to us which you know makes a lot of sense geopolitically like they are a power they need to make sure that they are able to maintain you know some semblance in this new order because you know um admiral clown town and tarkin both are like you're obsolete yeah this is this is probably how like the um company that was in charge of like bow and arrows felt like at, at the advent <laughs> at the advent of like guns they'd be yeah. like oh we specify in the in the finest and the finest bows and they're like you're you're done little did they know they just had to wait around for 200 years for hipsters in brooklyn to be like oh bow and arrows are cool i'll pay a lot of money for one made by hand i think that's a great way to for us to end um I don't. Do you have any other takes, Josh? No, I mean, I just think similarly, Star Wars Episode Ten. They'll be like um, galactic hipsters, being like, "Oh, clones, vintage." Um, I mean, we already DJ is the equivalent of a galactic hipster. Great point. Great um, point. Would be my guess if you were to ask like a Disney exec, like, "Oh, why don't you have hipsters?" and be like, "What do you think DJ is?" Speaking of, I watched Knives Out again last night. Great movie. Ryan Johnson um, still, I think, has his trilogy. So does he? Because Netflix played him a bunch of money for two Knives Out sequels. So. <laughs> and let me tell you, the I saw two movies ba- pretty much back to back in the theaters uh, uh, two years ago, and I went to see Star Wars Episode Nine, and then I went to see Knives Out. And let me tell you, one of those things is a lot better than the other. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, Ryan Johnson has not shown that he is like Taika Waititi, where he can handle multiple projects at the same time. But, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. hopeful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, he doesn't have to direct them, too. He can just be the writer and can bring in other directors. So, you know, it's, it's his idea. It's one of these things where it's like, the longer it takes is almost like more momentum gets behind it. Because it's also like, this makes the hard girl fonder, right? Like, and like that that Phantom Man- Menace panel that they did at Star Celebration for like the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace, and everybody's losing it for Phantom Menace. But it's like if they had had a one year anniversary panel for Phantom Menace, I don't think that would have been exactly the reception that they'd have gotten, right? No, it, you know these things age well, right? And so like the difference between having Ryan Johnson come back to Star Wars in 2020 fresh off of last jedi which everybody and their mother is still arguing about versus like i don't know maybe 10 years after last jedi he's got five knife out knives out movies under his belt and he wants to take a breather and he goes back and makes a star wars you know the optics will probably be better or whatever but anyway knives out rules dave batista's in the sequel i'm pumped so this was episode... a great episode of this podcast and i don't know why you punks aren't listening to it more and episode four titled no title 
will be out next week. So yep. um, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.